the best of the week on Relevant Radio. I was introduced to Divine Mercy a couple decades ago. For those of you who are new to the devotion, uh, she was the first saint of the new millennium. Such a powerhouse saint, too. Born back in Poland in 1905, and ever since she was at a very young age, she had a special anointing, a special relationship to God. And she would ultimately have this graphic vision of Christ being stripped and beaten and bloodied when she was around 18 years of age. And the Lord asked her, how long are you going to put me off? How long do I have to put up with you? And she asked him what he wanted her to do. And he told her to enter uh, a convent, to enter religious life. And she would ultimately enter the Sisters of Mercy and would um, have frequent visitations from our Lord. Not just Jesus, but Our Lady appeared to her, the saints had appeared to her, and she underwent many mystical experiences, unknown even to some of her closest companions there in the um, in the convent. And out of obedience to the Lord, the uh, her spiritual director, a man named now Blessed Sapochko, asked her to record all of these encounters that she had in what is now called the Diary of St. Faustina. The, it's called Divine Mercy in My Soul. That's what she titled it. And in her death... When she died in 1938, she died on October 5th, 1938, she was only 33 years of age, she left behind for you and for me, for the world, a treasure. Some believe that this is going to be one of the great works of mystical theology. She was largely uneducated. She had about three years of, of education. That's it. And yet she will one day, be, and I believe this person, I think she'll become a doctor in the church. I do. She will rise to that level. She left six books, uh, notebooks. There were 600 printed pages. There wasn't a single correction in these things, not one erasure. And in the diary were 1,800 teachings from our Lord, along with insights and prayers that the Jesus gave from not just himself, but our Blessed Mother and a lot of the saints. There were 82 specific revelations. And she writes about the coming judgment, the return of Jesus, and she gives insights into the afterlife. She witnessed heaven, hell, and purgatory. And... This is a treasure. If you want to learn more about Divine Mercy, I would strongly encourage you uh, to do that because the message of mercy is a message that the world needs today. The message that God loves us. He loves us as children. He loves you. No matter how broken you are, no matter how sinful you have been, it doesn't matter. His mercy is there for you. The greater the sinner, the greater the right that you have to his mercy. And I'll bring it back in time. I'll bring it back to 1931. It was winter in Poland. And I, it was cold. It was dark. And something on that day happened that stunned a group of kids who were, were playing. A couple of children were out, and it stopped them in their tracks. They saw this light. And they didn't know where it was coming from. It, it looked like it was coming from the convent, from the back of it. They started to walk towards it. They could see the source more clearly. It was coming from the top of the convent. And the kids were wondering what could be going on there. They were, they were curious, you know. What was happening was St. Faustina was in her cell. She was in her room at the top of the convent. And that light that you saw, that these kids literally saw, it was the light of Christ. It was literally coming from Jesus Christ himself. He had appeared to St. Faustina. Now, it was not the first time Jesus had come to her, but this time the appearance had something amazing. Uh, and I want to talk to you about the image of divine mercy. And, and, and here's what the Lord said to her. Here's what she writes in her diary. She writes this. She says, in the evening, when I was in my cell, 
I saw the Lord Jesus clothed in a white garment. One hand was raised in the gesture of blessing, and the other was touching the garment at the breast. From beneath the garment, slightly drawn aside at the breast, there were emanating two large rays, one red, the other pale. That's what filled the room. That's what made its way through those windows. That's what those kids saw, right? Isn't that amazing? So she said this. She says, in silence, I kept my gaze fixed on the Lord, for my soul was struck with awe but also with great joy. After a while, Jesus said to me, he said, paint an image according to the pattern you see with the signature, Jesus, I trust in you. And he said, I desire that this image be venerated first here in your chapel and then throughout the world. And I promise, he said, that the soul that will venerate this image will not perish. I promise victory over its enemies already here on earth, but especially at the hour of death. For I myself will defend them as my own glory. I, I just, I, I love that promise. I, I love it. Look, I have an image of divine mercy right here in Studio One with me. There's one in my chapel. I keep an image in my car. There's one in my home. I, I got multiple in my home. I have one in my office. If you don't have an image of divine mercy, I strongly recommend you get it. This is what the Lord wanted. I'm going to tell you the story because Faustina struggled to get this done. She's not an artist, right? She is not an artist. How would she paint an image of our Lord? And again, I hear this report from many visionaries, right, who see the mother of God. When she appears in an apparition, she emanates a light. It's a divine light. It's a heavenly light. There's something about the next life, right? It's perhaps just the light of God that emanates from them. And there's a beauty that's indescribable. You can't, you can't capture with word or with paint the beauty of these visions, and that's what Faustina, she said, she said it was a vision of inexpressible beauty. The two brilliant rays from the Savior's heart flooded her cell. And, and the Lord would later come to her, and he would explain the meaning of the rays. The, the pale one represented water, and the, uh, the red one represented blood. And these were the vehicles for his mercy poured out through the Eucharist. But it was a vision for you and for me. And I, I want to say it wasn't just a vision, because the Lord just, you know, the Lord came to St. Faustina. You know, he, he appeared to her. That light had a physical effect. You know, it flooded her room, and it went well beyond that. So her spiritual director found a painter, a, a good artist by the name of Eugene Kazmierowski, and uh, he was willing to give it a try. But Sister must have been a terrible client, right? Because he would try over and over and over and over and over again to get the image right. But it was never right. And Faustina was not happy with it. And again, how do you capture, how do you replicate the beauty of, of, of Jesus Christ resurrected before you with paint? So she made the artist paint, repaint the face because it didn't look just right. And she would break down in tears because the, the picture wasn't as beautiful as it should be. And then she made him paint it again. Then she made him do it again. He repainted it, they say, at least 10 times before she told him to stop. And when she did... You know, she actually went crying to the Lord uh, about it. Actually went into the chapel and said, you know, who's going to paint you as beautiful as you are? The Lord told St. Faustina, you know, it's not good, but it will do. That's actually what the Lord said. Can you imagine that? He critiqued your own painting, right? That's what Jesus told her. But somehow, you know, Kazimierowski, he went ahead and he continued to, to paint it. And when it was done, and the Lord spoke to her in a very kind 
in a very comforting voice, he says to her, he says, Faustina, it's not in the beauty of the color nor of the brush that lies the greatness of this image, but in my grace. It's not in the beauty of the color or the brush that lies the greatness of this image, but in my grace. So Faustina accepted that the picture would never look as beautiful as the original. I often wondered why over and over again, she said the face wasn't right. She kept trying to tweak, 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 tweak it, right? And again, the Lord says, ah, it's, it, it'll do, right? It's not good, but it will do. And he comforted her with his words. The year was 1996, and this is, a, this is the way God works. There's no coincidence with God, right? It was by random coincidence that somebody happened to, by chance, lay an image of the printed photographic plate from 1931 of the 2000 you know, year old Shroud of Torn on top of a poster of Divine Mercy, a poster that was about the same size as the Shroud. And when they did this, something weird happened. When the two images, just by chance, happened to be backlit, there was a remarkable coincidence. What they saw, and this was God's hand working back in 1931, 2, 3, the distance between the pupils on the Shroud of Torrent, which I, I personally believe is probably the burial cloth of Christ, all the evidence points to that, and the image of St. Faustina had drawn, the distance between the eyes, the pupil of the eyes on the image and the Shroud are identical. The nose is practically the same length. Uh, the, the way one's lips form, and imagine an artist trying to paint somebody's mouth, right? How different can that be? They're identical. The mustache and the beard, they're the same cut. And even the way the hair falls at the side the same way, you know, the, the outer line of the hair and the head, identical. The, the correspondence, it's almost perfect. And yet it seems that this artist, and by the way, the artist never saw photographs of the Shroud of Torrent. He just kept correcting the face until it came close to what Faustina thought she had seen. So what does it mean? Did the Lord want to tell us something about both of those images? I think so. I, I think the Divine Mercy image kind of is a thumbs up for the Shroud and, and vice versa, right? Today, that image of Divine Mercy still is in Vilnius, where pilgrims come from around the world to go ahead and to, to see it. It's powerful. And it's beautiful. Other artists have painted the Divine Mercy image, and you'll see different versions of it. Minor details. The important parts are the same. The gesture, the blessing, the chest, the rays, right? And again, I go back to what the Lord said. It's the beauty of this image. You know, it's the power of it. It's, it's not in the paint or the brush. It's, it's in God's grace. And that's what happens. People say, oh, this isn't the original image. All the images hold the same promises. All the same promises. There was a, a story that Father Seraphim Michelanco told me one of my favorites about what happened in World War II, St. Faustina died in 38. Next year, Poland was uh, attacked from both sides. Germany and the Soviet Union had to make a secret deal to divide the country between them. And of course, it was only a matter of time before Hitler attacked the Soviet Union too. And th there was no such thing as a deal with Hitler. So what ended up happening was the Nazis were going to occupy this town in the southeastern part of Poland a big railroad hub that was there. And when they realized they couldn't hold it any longer, they decided they were going to destroy it completely. So the inhabitants were given a warning to leave. They had two days to do this. And there was a woman who was there. She was handing out these holy cards of divine mercy and said, take this. And she went back to her home. She put it on top of the, the lintel of her door. And then she ran out with the mob fleeing the area as well. When civilians were finally allowed back in, 
the they estimate 97% of that city was actually destroyed. Uh, but the one intact home that survived was the one that had this image of divine mercy. And remember the, the promises that the Lord had given to those who keep this image on themselves or who venerate it, right? Remember the powerful promises that the Lord has given. Uh, I, I really encourage you, the soul that will venerate this image will not perish, right? The Lord promises special protection. And I really encourage you to, to get an image. He says, I promise victory over your enemies here on earth and especially at the hour of death, and I will defend you as my own glory. Uh, so many miracles. I've, I've spoken to men who were miraculously healed when Jesus walks out of the image itself. Uh, there are people who survived assassination attempts. There are people uh, who have shared with me personally how they survived tornadoes that destroyed everything around them, but their home, because they had the image, remained intact. And again, this is not a magic charm. This is a beautiful representation of our Lord indulgence with wonderful promises. Hey, like what you just heard? Then share it with your family and friends. And thanks for listening.